Lord be with you. Let's pray. Father, would you, um, would you send your spirit to us? Uh, Lord, would you teach us your word? Would you reveal yourself uh, in, in this time? Uh, Lord, there are, I don't know, close to 200 people here. There are so many more who will be listening online. And each of us needs to hear something different from you. But it's all based on your word. It's all based on the truth you've revealed. And so, God, I pray that my words will honor you. And I pray that as you put this in our hearts, that we'll receive what it is that you're planning in us. All for the glory of Jesus, we pray. Amen. All right. You may be seated. We are in a short series that we're doing, C406D standing for Church for the Other Six Days. And it's meant to be a reminder to us that not only is what we do on Sundays a a very real encounter with God and His people and worship, but it's also meant to be something that sets us up for the other six days that, that we live and how we're supposed to live those. I mean, I know we call Sunday the Lord's Day, but that does that mean Monday is not the Lord's Day? Tuesday? Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Lord is there, right? Already. So Sundays are meant to be a, a time that prepares us. It's a, also a pattern for us uh, so that the things that we learn and that we do and that we do well here on Sundays, we can do well when we're going out and somewhere else. So how do we live the other six days? Now, last week in, in our talking and our discussion, one of the things that we mentioned is that one of the things that we do every week here is we confess our sins and find absolution and forgiveness from God. And today's epistle reading, the, the, the reading that we had from Colossians, uh, there's at, right at the end of it, it talks about this forgiveness. Uh, Paul was writing them, he said, For he, God, has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom, into the the rule and reign of his dear son, who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. Now, this is a wonderful thing that we need to be reminded of, isn't it? Every week, we probably need to be reminded that God loves us so much that he was willing to send his only son so that we could find his forgiveness. And be in a relationship with Him. No matter what we've done, when we come to God and we recognize it and we confess it, we find He's already forgiven us. And we we find that there's a relationship there that's real. I mean, God isn't just a, a theory that we're talking about. God's a person that you can know and talk to and hear from. And it's life changing. But what does it mean that He has forgiven us. It's, it's something that we say an awful lot. But, but does it mean that there aren't any consequences when we do something wrong? No, it doesn't mean that, does it? Um, what, what does it mean? Well, one of the best ways to understand what, what forgiveness is, is to think about it in terms of a debt. You know, if I owe Miss Martha $20 and I can't pay Martha $20, Martha could 
say, hey, the debt's canceled. You don't owe me $20 anymore. That's kind of a picture of what forgiveness is like. Uh, um, the, the obligation to make it right isn't mine anymore. Here's another way to look at it. Um, can, I, can I pick on somebody, Bob? Can I pick on you for a second? Bob, come up here for a second. Y'all, y'all welcome, Bob. Okay, let's, let's say that Bob and I are, are talking and, and he says something that I take as a real insult to me. Now, he, he may or may not have meant it, but I heard it and it ticks me off. And so I punch Bob. You, I won't really do it, Bob. I won't really do it. But I punch Bob because I'm so mad. See, see that's why I picked you, man. You're an actor. I think he called me a ninny, a cotton-headed ninny muggins. Yeah. <laughs> so when I punch Bob, I, I break his tooth, I split his lip, I make him mad. I mean, I'm pretty strong. Y'all don't mess with the pastor, okay? Now, even if I look and he says, no, I didn't call you a cotton-headed ninny muggins, and I say, oh, no, I'm sorry. Bob still has a split lip and a broken tooth. Can I ever make that right? No. He's always going to have a scar. And even if he goes to the dentist, his tooth is never going to be whole. He'll just have some plastic stuff that's put up in there to make it look like it's whole. But I can never make it right, can I? I can never do it. I'm sorry, Bob. Will you forgive me? Thank you. Thank you. All right, y'all. Thank, thank Bob. He's a very forgiving guy. I can never go back in time and undo what it is that I've done. And the things that you and I do that we shouldn't have done and the things you and I don't do that we should have done, we can never go back and undo that. There are always scars. There's brokenness that results. It doesn't matter if you take somebody else's property, if there's a divorce, if there are words that are said that, that cut people to the heart. It, 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 doesn't, it doesn't matter what it is. When you transgress, even when you say you're sorry, it never completely makes up for the fact that it was done in the first place. Are we on the same page? Um. We talked this morning, we had a, in, in the psalm, we talked about, but God doesn't remember when he forgives us, right? God doesn't remember. This is what it said in the psalm. It, it's, it's a prayer asking God, remember not the sins of my youth and my rebellious ways. According to your love, remember me for your good, O Lord. I mean, we have, we have this kind of understanding that, that God forgets. Our sins, when, when we confess them and, and seek repentance. I mean, in Jeremiah, God told Jeremiah to give this message. He says, I'll forgive their wickedness. I'll forgive the wickedness of the Israelites. And I'll never again remember their sins. So doesn't God forget this stuff? In a way, yes. But in a way, no. Because aren't we told that one day we're going to stand before God and even... 
the words that we've said are going to be called into judgment. I don't think that because of how Hebrew works, I don't think that that God, if we go to him and say, hey, uh, golly, I, I really did, did bad. I, I punched Bob when he didn't call me a cotton-headed ninny monk. And God goes, what are you talking about? I don't think that really happens because God is also dealing with Bob because I punched him. It's not that God doesn't know what I'm talking about. In Hebrew, remembering has to do with action. Everything in Hebrew is, nothing in Hebrew is just a concept. It all has to do with what do you do with it. And so when, when God remembers their sin, that means God is still judging them for their sin. God is still putting them in a place where they're having to deal with their sin. So when, when we pray, oh God, don't remember us according to our sin, what we're really saying is, quit punishing us for that. When God says, I'll never again remember your sin, what he's saying is, I'm going to quit making you pay for it and try to make up for it. It's not that it leaves his mind and he doesn't know what you're talking about. God is God. He knows all things. It means he's going to quit having you carry the debt. I hope. Any question on, on, on that definition? I'm getting older. There are things that I forget. God isn't like that. This means God will no longer hold you accountable for things that you can't pay back. Are we clear? Forgiveness means that you're off the hook. You're off the hook for the responsibility of making it right, which you don't have the power to do anyway. I can, there's no way I can make that scar go away on Bob's lip. There's no way I can make his tooth grow back. But I'm off the hook when he forgives me and says it's no longer my debt to pay. Forgiveness also means that you're released from having it held over your head. Some of you know what I'm talking about. Some of you have even had family members that wouldn't drop it. And that that thing that you did that you wish you could take back comes up every Thanksgiving when you go and sit around the table. You know what I'm talking about. You become labeled with this. That you are the one who did that to me. You're the one who failed that. You're the one, and it's your fault. And it gets held over your head. Forgiveness means that that's no longer the case. Every Sunday, we make a confession together. And it's meant to be heartfelt. It's only meaningless if you don't mean it. But this is how we start out. Let's say it together. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed. Now, that means that the things we think 
can transgress against what God wants. The things that we say as well as the things that we do. Continue on. We've sinned by what we have done and by what we have left undone. There are things that you and I have done that we shouldn't have done. Now, without talking about your sins and without talking about the sins of the person next to you, what are some examples of things that people do that they just shouldn't do? Pardon? Gossip. Shouldn't do it. We do. What else? Curse. Curse. Yeah. What else? Lie. What? <laughs> Some people, it's the way you drive, she says. <laughs> I hope that's not me. All right. There are also things that we've left undone. There are things that we haven't done that really we should have done. What are some examples of things that people don't do that maybe they should have done it? Not apologizing. Not calling and checking on, on people. You, you know, being uncaring. What was... Not, 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 not shining your light. Not paying attention to your kids and your family. Okay? There are things that you do and things that you don't do that aren't right. And you and I know that, don't we? Continue on. We have not loved you with our whole hearts. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. So what does this go back to? The two... Yeah, the two greatest commandments, right? Jesus said, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second... Is like unto it, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. We blow it. We don't do it. Carry on. We are truly sorry. And we humbly repent. I think this is probably the most overlooked part of our confession that we go through. Because too often we can be thinking about our grocery list. And we're truly not sorry but we should be. We should be. We, we should own our stuff. We should own the things that we've done and not done. We should take responsibility for it. And if we will take responsibility for it, I think we really will be sorry. And we will, really will realize, oh, you know what? That wasn't right. I need, I need to do it differently. We continue on. For the sake of... Of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us. Release us, O oh God, from having to make it right again because we cannot make it right. The pain is too deep. Those words, even if I try and take them back, they've still done damage. That thing that I did, that thing that I didn't do, I never can really make it right, can I? Oh, God, release us from that. We, we deserve to be under. I should make it right, but I can't. So, Lord, you have mercy. Please forgive us. Please let me out of the burden of that. 
so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your name. Amen. Do you catch that? That when we can repent and when God has mercy on us and releases us from that, we can delight in the things that he wants. We can walk in the ways that he wants us to walk in. And he looks good. There's glory to his name when we do. Converse of that, when we don't repent, when we don't own the things that we've done and take responsibility for it, when we refuse to be humble and come before God, guess what? You're not going to delight in God's will. You're not going to walk in his ways. You're not going to bring glory to his name. But when you repent and you hear these words that that the priest says, Almighty God has mercy on us. He forgives us all our sins through our Lord Jesus, the Christ. Strengthens us in all goodness and by the power of the Holy Spirit keeps us in eternal life. Boy, that should be a time when we go, Amen! (laughs) Because it's good news for us. Does the priest, is he the one that forgives us? It's God. It's God saying that debt is no longer your burden to carry. I am not going to leave you hanging on that. So what do we take from this for the other six days? When when we sin, go to God. It works better that way. Don't live under condemnation. Some of you have grown up in a, in a way where you look at yourself and say, I'm just no good. I'm a thief. I'm a liar. I'm, I'm, the, I'm the bad parent. I'm the loser. I'm the one who always, I'm the one who never. Nope, you don't have to carry that label around. You can lay that burden down. Now, There may be consequences that you have to face and that I have to face when we take responsibility for this. There is something that I owe Bob that I can't pay. But when I take responsibility for it, I tell you what, I should do whatever it takes to do as much as I can until I'm released from the rest of that debt, right? There are things, there are consequences that you and I are going to face. When you, when you spend more than you should and you start bouncing checks, God's forgiveness doesn't mean that you don't have to pay the bank back. You do. There are consequences. But there shouldn't be condemnation and there shouldn't be broken relationship with God or anybody else. That's what forgiveness brings. A release from condemnation and restored relationship. So that brings me to another thing. Not only do we need forgiveness, we're told to forgive. And to forgive others. Because we pray this every Sunday. It's in the Lord's Prayer. Let's say it together. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Okay? Did you catch that? So... Hey, God, I haven't forgiven Chuck. Hey, Chuck. I haven't forgiven Chuck. Will you forgive me, God? 
God's like, "Mm, I don't think you've really gotten this. I don't think you can really accept my forgiveness because you're holding somebody else in bondage. You're making him pay you back. You're holding it over his head. I don't think you can really understand that I'm trying to set you free. If we don't forgive others, we can't receive forgiveness. If we don't forgive others, we can't receive forgiveness. Jesus taught this. This is Jesus. I mean, he, he's the one who said he was going to be put to death on a cross, and three days later he'd be alive again, and he did it. Let's listen to what he says. He says, if you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. If you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins. Is that because God is mean? He's righteous. it's, It's because you are holding on to things that are going to keep you in bondage. If the forgiveness that we received at the cost of the blood of Jesus is so ineffective in our hearts that we're bent on holding grudges and in bitterness against other people, then there's something wrong in us. We get off track by, by thinking that forgiving people means something else other than what it is. I mean, we, we, we think, I can't forgive them because it lets them off the hook. That they get away with it. So I don't want to forgive them. That's wrong thinking. There can still be consequences. It, all you're saying is the debt that you owe me, you can't pay back. There's no way you can ever take the scar away or make my tooth grow. You're off the hook. I'm not, I'm not going to hold that over your head anymore. Now, that doesn't mean that there aren't other things that, by consequence, you know. You see what I'm saying? We also don't forgive because we think we can only forgive when we're no longer hurt. That's not true. That's not true. In fact, oftentimes forgiving someone else is the path by which you find healing. Because you're no longer holding on to the hurt. And you're no longer holding on to making sure they know that you're hurt. We often think, and it's wrong, we often think, I can't forgive them until they apologize. This has nothing to do with them. This has everything to do with you. You can forgive whether or not they can apologize. There are people that I've seen set free because they've forgiven somebody who's already died for what they did when they were alive. And guess whose life it changes? The one that forgives. We, we think that the only way to forgive somebody is you have to meet them face to face. Not true. This is something that has to happen in your heart. We, we think that we can't forgive because we're afraid that we won't be able to forget. Like we've talked about, it's not that it doesn't come into your mind. It's that 
You don't make them try and pay what they cannot pay. Forgive and forget only works if you think like a Hebrew. Where you don't hold it over their head and make them try and do something they can't do. Forgiveness is just refusing to make them try to do what they can't. So how do you forgive? How do we actually do it? What is it? What are some steps that we can take? We've talked about forgiveness is like canceling a debt. Here's how you forgive a debt. D-E-B-T. You know, maybe this will help us remember. What do you do with debt? Well, first of all, you have to determine the cost. What is the cost that they have cost me because of what they've done? What did it cost Bob that I punched him in the mouth and split his lip and broke his tooth and did it in front of everybody so it's embarrassing? Right? What is the cost? If you don't know what the cost is, you can't forgive and cancel that cost. You need to come to grips with what has it really hurt. What did they really do when they said that? When they did that to you. When they weren't there for that. When they took it. When they gave it. You need to know what it cost. What is the debt that they owe that they can't pay? Second of all, you've got to end the debt collection. I won't ask if y'all have ever had a debt collector call you. I have. It's awful. It is awful because they don't give up. They're constantly calling, reminding, uh, you owe us this. Pay it now. I can't pay it now. You got to. Got to figure it out. I'm calling you tomorrow. They do. They call you tomorrow. You become a debt collector when you don't forgive. You're the one that you withhold your love until they pay you back, and they can never pay you back. You're the one that you don't bless them until they pay you back. Well, they can never pay you back. And you remind them, and you hold it out, and even if you can't find them so that they know you're holding it over their head, you know that you're holding it out there, and you're a debt collector looking for repayment. You've got to quit it. You have to end that. Decide you're no longer going to make them responsible for something they can't do. They don't deserve it. But how many of you think that you're actually going to get blood out of a turnip? How many of you are really going to get satisfaction? (laughs) What if they could heal the scar? Would that actually make it better? Not really. Because that's not the issue in your heart. You've got to end the debt collection. The, the Samaritan who found the Israelite beaten up on the side of the road, the story of the Good Samaritan that we just read in the, in the gospel. It, hey, if y'all are, are church people, church people know that, that Israelites looked down on Samaritans. They treated them bad. They discriminated against them. They considered them second-class people. The Samaritan 
didn't know anything to the Israelite. The Israelite actually owed something to the Samaritan because of how he treated him. And yet the Samaritan was good to him. And instead of making the Israelite pay a debt to him because of how Israelites treated Samaritans, instead he was gracious with how he treated the Israelite. The Israelites didn't deserve it. But that's our example. We have to be good even when people don't deserve it, even when they haven't earned it. It helps to say it out loud. It helps to say out loud, whether you're by yourself or you're with the other person, Chuck, I forgive you for that thing that you did or didn't do. You no longer owe me that debt. Sorry, I'm picking on you, Chuck, but I love you, brother. You know it, right? It's no longer your responsibility to pay me back. You could, you could never do it anyway. God, I'm looking to you to deal with that debt. You deal with Chuck on that however you want. But you're the one that, that's going to make things right in me. I'm letting Chuck go. In the debt collection. Third of all, bless them. Ask God to have his hand and his gracious hand on them. Bless them. If you can bless that person and ask God's blessing on them, you are getting a whole lot further down the road. You know? Ask God to work in their lives for good. He wants them to be healthy, doesn't he? He wants them to be whole. He doesn't just want you to be whole. He wants them to be whole. So ask God to do that. The Samaritan made the extra step. Not only did he save the Israelite's life, he took him to an inn and paid in advance for his care and said, I'm going to come back, and if there's any more, I'm going to pay for that. He blessed the, the Israelite. That's our example. Bless them. And finally, thank God for making you whole. Because he's going to do it. It may not be instantaneously. It might. Don't count on it. But if you're able to let go of the debt collection and bless somebody else, guess what? Your hands are open to receive what God has for you. And God will take care of you. And he will lead you to wholeness because of what his son has done for us. So, I want us to do a little exercise. Maybe as we've been talking about forgiving others, you've thought of somebody that they owe you a debt. The thing that they did, if I heard your story, I'd be as mad as you are. I'd understand why you're that hurt. And you may have tried to forgive them and not known how. You may never have tried because they don't deserve it and all that. But... If you have somebody you need to forgive, I want to walk through this real quick so that we can do that. These are things we need to do the other six days. Okay, so what she said is, is in the debt collection, it's, it's 
not always that people want to be paid back and made whole, is that they want to retaliate eye for eye, tooth for tooth. Bob would want to punch me back. And that's because we recognize that there's a debt. And if you can't pay me back, well, at least I can put you in the same situation. You've got to end that. The only reason you feel that way is because of the debt that you're owed. You are owed it. You are owed that debt, but they'll never be able to pay it. You've got to end the collection and the retaliation. Thank you. All right, so I want you to picture this person that you need to forgive. I want you to picture them right now. I want you to picture the situation of what happened. I want you to realize what it cost you for them to have done what they did. Because it did cost you. It's a very real thing. It might help if you close your eyes. And realize what they cost you. Picture that and own it. Now, picture yourself saying to them, or just say it under your breath, I'm canceling that debt. You don't owe me anymore. God will pay me as he chooses. But I'm stopping the collection. You and I are square. Now I want you to ask God to bless them. Ask God to be good to them. Ask God to show his love to them. Ask God to heal their hurts. Maybe the same hurts that led to them doing whatever they did to you. Oh God, bless them. And now I want you to thank God that He will be the one that will make you whole. Thank God that He is able. Thank God that He loves you that much. Now some of you are going to need to write a letter, make a phone call, Sit down with somebody. Some of you don't. Some of you, th- this person, they don't. They have no idea that they even did that, or there's no way you could ever track them down. It's not a given that you have to share this with them, but sometimes it'll help if they know that you've been a debt collector towards them. It will probably help them to know that you're no longer doing that. And I encourage you, if that's the case, to get in touch if you can. Now, some of you, 
all of us, I'd say, uh, have things that we have done and that we haven't done that we should have. And when we get to this place in a few minutes where it's time for confession, I'm going to ask that we pause and bring those things to mind that you may already be thinking of and ask God to cancel that debt so that we can find forgiveness to move ahead. Very quick little story. I was at a conference a couple of weeks ago. We went through this exercise, forgiving people. The next morning there was a lady who, who said uh, that she had, for 20 years, had uh, fibromyalgia and something else. And, and I understand that that's very painful. She said it would in the mornings when she'd wake up, when the alarm gets, goes off, it would take her 30 minutes to get out of bed. And she would get out of bed by kind of going over the side and crawling on the floor until she could find the strength to push through the pain to stand up. And it, it was a long process for her. She said that the night before when she forgave somebody, went to bed, and the alarm went off, and she got up and got out of bed and was walking across the floor and said, Holy cow, I got out of bed and I'm walking across the floor and I don't hurt anymore. I'm not saying that will happen to you, but I'm saying that this is so real that it does happen. So forgive others as you have been forgiven. Amen. Let's stand and affirm our faith in the words of the Nazarene Creed.